Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Dallas Taylor's uh, Sandman update. I am here to tell you how I feel about Sandman so far. And just kidding. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel, never the artwork, and recommend the 10 comics you should be picking up this new comic book day. I'm your host, Dallas. And I'm Alexis. And are we just going to skip past that? Like, you're setting me up to fight with you, and all of a sudden you're just like, nope, never mind, not giving yeah, you the chance. To, he's yeah. ready to throw hands this morning. Yeah. I'm Anne, and I'm angry. <laughs> angry Anne. Angry Anne? <laughs> angry. Anne talks, Ann talks shit, Ann right? Anne talks shit. Isn't that your name? <laughs> Can you please that just is... change your name to that on Twitter? That'd be so funny. I wish. I feel like I've earned that. You have. As a mark for 10,000 followers on Twitter, you can become Ann Talk Shit and never talk about comics again. That's my, I've prestiged, I've moved on. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's time for Noom Game Plus. <laughs> this time she's a dinosaur stan. Oh my gosh. When I get to 20,000, I get my gold Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. I've got, I'm on digital camo Twitter right now. I've got the Scar H with the red ca- ugly camo. That's where I'm at on Twitter. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. I hope not. <laughs> it's a hassle. I can imagine. Every time I'm like, man, she just has a way to plug into so many people. That's so cool. And then yeah. I see what that actually means. I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't want that many people's opinions in my life. I think oh, I already it, have too many opinions. I've got like 150 people muted on that website. Yeah. It's funny because it's like the people that follow me, their opinions are usually pretty great and I like talking to them, but it's always because there's so many of them. Whenever something spreads past them and past that like sphere of influence, that's when it starts getting like, okay, I'm good. I don't need, I'm muting this post now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be perceived. Um. <laughs> No, and Sandman's getting better. It's better than it was last Good. week. Good. Don't have I, to judge you as much anymore. Yeah. I still, I just, I want to talk with you about, I need to read more of it, basically. Mm-hmm. It hasn't reached masterpiece for me yet. And I think my my issue is that everyone talks about it like it's a masterpiece. And I just haven't gotten to that part yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. We'll get you there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a lock and key situation where we talk about it until you love it. <laughs> it happens. It'll, just, it'll trick me into liking Stock it. Stockholm Syndrome, but with comics. That's the oh, entire comic book owie. industry. <laughs> That's the entire comic book industry. True. Uh, but speaking of comics, today's episode, we are going to be going over James Tynan and... I know the last name is Donovan. See, good for me. Great work, Dallas Taylor, you <laughs> old son Eric? of a bee. Eric Donovan. Thanks there you go. Me. You two, you both it. obviously was, knew as well. Yeah, and I knew that whole time. I was just I listening to you flounder. It was beautiful. James Tynan the fourth and Eric Donovan's and also mimetic. Adam Guzzo I, I I put myself out here. Gazowski. I think that's how you say his last name. Gotta give the colorist credit to. Yes, because nice. this is very colorful. That is one of the major points of the book is yes. that color matters. Yep. Which was funny after Anne's talking so much about colors lately. <laughs> I continue the theme. This is how I evolve. Mm-hmm. So, Anne, this is your pick for Spooky Month. <laughs> yes, it was. 
Do you want to intro it a little bit? <laughs> yes. So basically the story, it's very short. It's only three issues long. And Mimetic is the story about the end of the world brought about by a single meme, by one single meme. And it's just this picture of this good time sloth holding up, just, you know, giving a thumbs up. And the people that look at this picture start getting all these good fuzzy feelings and they have to keep spreading it, showing everyone the picture. And slowly they start to find out that there are slight side effects to looking at this picture. Not good things are happening. And there's a group of people that aren't affected by it. They have to figure out how to, one, either survive and keep some sort of normal life or to figure out how to stop the end of the world. So... Yeah, it's what we all knew was going to happen eventually. Social media is our downfall. It destroys humanity. And yeah, what did y'all think of it? All I have to say right after the gate is that Anne made the scary sloth her background, and it's really tripping out my eyeballs. <laughs> and I kind of can understand the whole point of this comic because it's making me uncomfy. You're welcome. Spooky. Also, sloths are utterly terrifying, and nobody can change yeah. my mind. And have you ever seen has... one of those walk on the ground? Freaky. Have you ever seen one? Have you ever seen a shaved sloth? Just completely throwing that out there. It's mortifying. Well, I ever want. I don't even want to look it up. I'm. I'm gonna look it up. I'm curious. Shade sloth. Shaved. shaved. Oh. Oh. Have you ever seen a shaved bear? Sorry. Yes. Oh my note. god. Freaky demon. Freaky demon right there. Freaky demon. Speaking of freaky demon, I love. I don't know what you guys thought about this picture, but I love that this picture feels like it could actually be. A, a legit meme that people would pass oh, around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they it did a really real. good job. And also, I just, there's something so unsettling about it. I think it's because the sloth has no pupils. Mm -hmm. And it's just the closer you zoom, zoom in on that face, the it's more unsettled you feel. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one of the things the book does really well. But Dallas, yeah. what did you think? I think that a wet sloth is scarier than a shaved sloth. But. Yeah, I'm sloths. sure we're on the Wait, internet looking at sloths. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. One I think you were thinking wet sloth shaved bear. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> I thought All Mimetic was a very interesting book that feels like it should have come out this year. And the fact oh, that it yeah. came out in like 2013 <laughs> makes it a very, very interesting read. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, oh, this is everything that everyone else is starting to feel about social media and the mm -hmm. spread of information, spread of misinformation. And James Tynan and Eric Donovan talked about how this was going to be the end of the world seven years ago. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, exactly. Huh. And this is very clearly a theme that James Tynan is still curious with, right? This is what the Department of Truth is about. This is what the current Batman run is about. And this is just the horror version of these fears that James Tynan, and I think a lot of us are feeling lately about humanity collapsing because of this spread of information. Mm -hmm. um, this was a spooky book. Like I liked it. It gave me the willies in a good way. Good. A lot of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. <laughs> I think it was fun because, I mean, I texted Anne after I read it. I was like, that's really cool. You just had us read Uzumaki for <laughs> the Trojan horse Uzumaki into our lives. You're welcome. Show. But Sneaky. I think that it sort of wore the skin of Uzumaki, but it had a very interesting, specifically American commentary on 
social media and I don't know, the leadership, communication in general, how we perceive things. It felt like I had a lot to say about how America runs wrapped up in a familiar story. Mm-hmm. And it had some great body horror in it, which I always love. Body horror is my fave. So two thumbs up. I'm excited to talk about this book. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad I picked the good I'm so glad I picked a good one. The good one. She the says. good one. The good I, one. I, she said the good out. one. I'm still okay. going through from hell. We can talk about that later, but all right. Uh, At least we read Lock and Key and didn't watch it. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, is it really that bad? Trash. Absolute trash. Oh. I didn't even finish it. Little That's upset. disappointing. How close is it to the comic? Not very. Really? Like their names and the idea, probably. But hmm. not a fan. We don't have to talk about it. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> Do you know what's more interesting? Are shows that are better than the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like the boys, better than the mm-hmm. comic. Not hard. Uh, not hard. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I think, is better. I wanted than the to comic. watch that. Really? One. I very much. Th- I've read a lot of that comic, and the show is better. I think that Doom Patrol. I know this is controversial. I oh. think Doom Patrol does a better job than the Doom Patrol I've read so far. I believe it. It's not hard. Damn. That must have been really hard for you to throw Grant under the bus like that. Uh, Grant, I know you're a weekly listener, okay? I still love you. <laughs> I'm going to read the rest of your Doom Patrol soon. Um, please come on our show. I want to talk with you about Superman. I think that's a terrible idea for Grant to come on this show after how much shit I've talked. I feel like it's a very bad idea. You'd have to look them in the eyes and see that they're a kind person <laughs> and you're just mean. No, they'll just get on here and be like, listen here. <laughs> listen here, you, you little, little bitch. You little bitch. <laughs> I love everyone. Oh, I would be so here for that. Oh my gosh, just the two of us. Just yeah. you two aren't even here. Yeah, like Alexis therapy. interviews Grant Morrison. <laughs> I cry blood. I would pay for that, actually. That's As a listener, Patreon. We'll start a Patreon. Patreon exclusive. Perfect. Alexis interviews Grant Morrison. <laughs> oh, she'd be like, listen, I never really read any of them. In one year, out the other. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just looks just looks Grant in the eyes and it's like, why did you let me down? <laughs> why are you the way you are? <laughs> I'm in a cage in the background, like, please. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Oh. It's like, hush you. Hush Bring you. me the spray bottle. That's what I that's my job. I have the water bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And holding Dallas hostage. That's but, that's true. But to get back onto the book we're talking about, it's you talk about it being chilling. It's one of those things that just it terrifies me because I'm like, if this ever actually happened, I would be boned. I would be first person dead. Oh, because Twitter. just like how involved I am in social media, that's something that I just wouldn't be able to avoid. And yeah, no, <laughs> no, thank you. I want to live, but accidental death is coming. So true. Uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the horror of zombies you know i yeah. think there very much was a commentary of like our phones are turning us into zombies and i don't know zombies are such a fascinating thing for me i watched train to busan for the first time this last week it was very good by the way if you haven't watched train to busan i've heard good things it's very good it's a zombie movie but it's a fun mm-hmm. one it's a fun zombie movie but i think what this comic touches on and what makes zombies so terrifying is there a representation of humans without agency right like 
if to think is to be human, if to have control of oneself is to be human, there's nothing scarier than having all of that taken away. And the idea that as we all homogenize and as we all bend and contort ourselves to fit into the information being fed us by the man the like the internet kind of the, what the story had to say you know is social media is homogenizing us all into this big cronenbergian mess it's interesting to use zombies as what people become because of that mm-hmm. you lose some of your autonomy you lose mm-hmm. some of your agency mm-hmm. and there's something scary about that there's something real about that feeling like individuality is dying a little bit as people try and fit into the perceived norm Mm -hmm. yeah and that's definitely like what the end of the book especially talks about when they start forming those like giant flesh towers that was like the best part for me when it got really eldritch yeah the first half i was like oh this is good and then it got really eldritch and i was like there we go there we go that's the (laughs) stuff this is why i'm here that was and um the main character aaron um his decision at the very end to kind of join it was very interesting a very interesting turn on that because it's basically the like yeah i understand this is kind of turning us all in like this uniform collective but what if i want to be a part of that mm-hmm. and that was something that like the first time through it didn't really catch me that much but the second time through i was definitely like there i think there's something deeper here because it's Definitely, like, we we hear a lot of, like, older people talking about social media. They're like, oh, I can't believe what it's doing to the younger generations. But the younger generations are like, well, it connects me to people in a way that, you know, yeah. never before we've had in the history of humanity. It's just, like, you know, if I want to send a message to someone halfway across the world, I can do it in a second. And it's just incredible. And I think there's a little bit of that. And it's kind of portrayed in the stories like this little bit of a hopeful message, you know, amidst all this horror, like, yeah, maybe there is a lot to be afraid of here, but maybe there's also something to not be afraid of here, if that makes sense. And I think that's what really <clears throat> turns this into a compelling story at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much the the idea that humans are made to share information mm-hmm. and to be the human the human race, I think is compelling. And it really boils down to what kind of information is spread. Because if everybody's getting good information, everybody's being pulled upward, I don't think social media is scary. You know, Mm -hmm. it's when people start to get pulled down towards violence and hate and bigotry, you know. And I think that takes Mm -hmm. a lot of forms. I think it's gotten sneakier as we have all this information, you know. I don't know. I I have a yeah. lot of thoughts. And I even I find myself right now like dancing around because I'm like, I don't want to say anything that'll get our own little memetics mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And yeah, it makes you dance between the two things because it's terrifying, but also it's like our reality. And I think the point you brought up earlier about this being like very fitting for where we are now, I think I would love to see like a version of this based more on like misinformation and see that tie into it more because this is very just very much just like commenting on like the things we do for a simple hit of serotonin you know like mm-hmm. the search for just a little bit of happiness online and what that leads to is 
already destructive enough. I would love to see another version of this where that misinformation aspect plays into it more and see what they could do with that. Let's get Mimetic 2 on a different Earth and see <laughs> see more evil memes. Because I think mm-hmm. there's so much potential here. And it's scary to think about how in five to seven years, we're not going to be talking about the same stuff we are now when it comes yeah. to social media. Because it's going to keep evolving and becoming scarier, potentially. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember, I'm going to sound like a grandpa here, but like, I remember when Instagram was a photo sharing app. You know what I mean? I remember blue Instagram. I remember everyone's shitty pictures of their food with the preloaded filters on it. And now it's this whole like subculture society, almost like a a meeting place for humans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instagram has become the mall in a weird way. And so, yeah, you're right. It is going to continue to change and grow. And... I don't know. Are, are you caught up on Department of Truth, Anne? I am not. I haven't even started it, actually. So that is very much this about misinformation. Got so it. that thing you just said that you wanted, that it's Department of Truth. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> you got it. I need to get caught up on things. I can only read so many. <sighs> oh, don't sigh at me. <laughs> <sighs> Over there reading Batman books in my free time. I have. I did actually uh, more of oh, your okay. silly goth swamp thing Sandman book. <laughs> Listen, swamp thing wishes. Listen, Sandman <laughs> knocked off swamp thing so hard for the first two volumes, and it's just now gotten interesting that it's doing its own thing. Alexis, it literally how are you doing, ends the first volume in the same way. That's so awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. We're just going to take him from the, from the <laughs> recording. That's fine. Yeah, say so how, how many times are we going to threaten that before we actually follow through? Well, the thing is, he's the one that records it, so I don't think I'm allowed mm-hmm. to do that. That's fair. Let's, let me check. Let me check. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> good. I can. I can remove him. Beautiful. Should I do it? I might. Just kidding. Good. Perfect. <laughs> it's like, do it. I love that. Give him the day off. It's fine. What do you think? What do you, What are your big takeaways on the commentary about the world from this horror thing? Because I think we talked about this a little bit our first week. Mm-hmm. To me, the most fun horror has something to say about the world, right? A jab. What? We've talked a little bit about social media and misinformation, but what else do you think that this is saying about the world? I like your idea, Anne, of choosing to join the conglomerate, even though it mm-hmm. you can see that it's scary. <clears throat> what are your thoughts, Lex? Yeah, I just feel like it really sheds a light. I feel like the first thing that came to mind was like, oh my gosh, like we're all, I don't want to use the word like we're all sheep, but like we all are so pistol whipped by our phones that like, I remember like the scene where, um, Aaron's, I guess, boyfriend or significant other was like, I've already, like, I've already seen it. I saw it before you even told me not to. Like, it's something that just happens to us and we don't even kind of really realize it that it's happening. And I thought that was super spooky to me because I realized like, for me, example, like I swipe through TikTok just like absentmindedly all day, every day. Like that's one of the first things I do in the morning and it's terrible, but it's true. Like, I totally, if I, if it was me in this world, totally would have died. <laughs> I would have seen it and I would have been like, oh, 
oops, okay, you know? So it's just crazy, like, that it kind of sheds a light on how easily this something like this could happen. I think that's the kind of eerie part for me. I, I think one of my initial critiques was, wow, this all happened really fast. You know, I wish we could sit with it a little more. <laughs> but the reality is that is how fast it would happen. Like, I can't name a single viral thing that I haven't seen within a 36-hour span of it happening. You know, and I don't even have to be on the app of origin. Exactly. I, it just shows up on everything. What did you think of the turn at the end of the book where it seemed to be very much like, oh, it's a zombie story. And then it became the, the idea that we were put here by some terrifying eldritch gods to spread information until we became a homogenized mess. Did that like give anybody else the willies down their spine or just me? Say. Well, just that last panel was like, ooh, okay. Oh, one of the best last pages in a comic ever. <laughs> totally unexpected. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, it definitely did give me the willies. I love, you know, like the Eldritch stuff, just like you do. I love stuff that I don't understand. I've said this plenty of times before. And it's one of those things where it's like the idea that I don't know if the guy who made the meme for this purpose was being manipulated or not. Because he's like, this is what we were always meant to be. And it's like, was it? Or is this thing just lying to you? Is this thing just taking advantage of what we've created to benefit itself you know because there's like the idea that maybe this is the end game but also maybe it's not maybe we get manipulated into thinking it's the end game and that goes back to like that talking about like misinformation it's like well what if we get lied to and someone can manipulate this to their own benefit so easily so freely and we would never even know you know well i think what was so scary about this book is that we've seen some of the consequences of this kind of thing, right? We, in, when this book was written, it felt like people were starting to be like, this kind of thing could happen. And we can all look back to, I mean, the riots at the Capitol. Say, even just within the last <laughs> yeah, one within year, the last, within the last calendar year, we can see what happens when a meme goes everywhere. Yeah, and it you makes know? zombies. Like, I feel I feel safe saying this because no one from my family listens to this show. But, like, uh, I've seen people I that, that I think are very smart, people that I think are very kind. I have seen make decisions that baffle me because of memes and because mm -hmm. of text posts that get reposted and ping-ponged around. And just, like, the fire hose of information. I catch myself all the time. I... I just start to believe stuff is true that I read on the internet without mm -hmm. any sort of research process, you know? And I love to be like, you're going to do your own research on Facebook, huh? And I was like, I'm way better doing my own research on TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, It's just the power it has over our lives at times. It's just very much it controls what we do, who we talk to, and what we know. And when you hear information, it's just like, the way it used to be, people just spreading information mouth, mouth to ear, you know? It's mm -hmm. just we have access to so much more of it now that it's overwhelming. And it's easier to hear stuff that way. It's why it's you don't want to do the research on your own because it's like, oh, I already heard this. It's easier to just believe this than put in the work to figure it out for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's from someone I trust. I trust, you know, Uncle Mark or Aunt Susie or whatever. It's like mm -hmm. they've never led me wrong. And it's... Yeah, 
I, the existentialism of it, especially this like existential outerworldly adversary, it it's about what social media feels like at times. It's just like something that is so beyond our control, so beyond our, our understanding. And it's, we can't predict what's going to happen next. So like you talked about that turn just kind of happening. It felt a little out there for me at first. Like when people started like turning into the flesh towers, they're like, okay, I, this is what I'm here for, but this came out of nowhere. But at the same time, I guess that's kind of the point, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's that everybody becomes unified. But I really like the point you made about maybe it wasn't scary that he chose to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, because people want a tribe. People want friends. I wouldn't be talking with you every single Sunday if it wasn't for Twitter.com. You know, like I talk a lot of shit about Twitter, but like you're a very good friend that I met because of that website that I think is bad. You know I mean? And you are too. Yeah. <laughs> Down with the Twitter does Twitter good apps. things. <laughs> Twitter can do some good things. It's just you have to figure out how to not be mesmerized by it. And it's so hard. I am bad at not being mesmerized by it. You know? Like it's oh, the shut up. Get the hell out of here. And starting to spin <laughs> in a spiral. Ugh. Get the hell out of here. Get no, up but on real though, like with the comic, they say like we're all after like the serotonin boost of what this post did to, it. and that's the whole point of social media. Like it plays off of all of our insecurities, the need for serotonin. Like we get that boost every time we look at all that crap, and so it's just so scary how pistol whipped we can all become with that. So it's just it's kind of cool, but kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, and you can be completely aware of it, and you can just, like, be like, oh, that's not what it is, but you can still feel those effects. Like, I I never started, like, my Twitter account for the followers. I just started to find, like, oh, I'll get maybe, like, 10 people to talk to, 20, and now, now I'm at, like, 10,000, and I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter to me how many I have, but I gotta admit, there's a little part of me that's like, I'm kind of sad I can't see that number go up anymore, because it always makes you feel a little bit better, no matter how much you tell yourself that's, like, not what I'm here for. It's just the effect that social media has on you. You like feeling like people like you and you like feeling like people, what's the word? Like they appreciate you, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. wants a tribe. Exactly. Well, yeah, because even, I mean, in high school, like for another example, I remember my best friend, she went viral on Twitter mm-hmm. for a post that she had and she had like 70,000 retweets and like all this and all that and I remember like that span of the week of that she was like I am on top of the world I am the coolest person that exists and it's just so funny like we're, we're such simple creatures we're like the funniest weirdest things will make us so happy and that's all that it is it's just dumb validation from other people that make us think that we're so fantastic because we got uh, X amount of likes or X amount of retweets on Twitter. So it's just crazy. It's just crazy that this is so real, especially when this comic came out so long ago. Like weirdly, mm-hmm. you know, it's just. Ugh, See, I got gotta tell you what. I'm so tired of reading older comics that still have valid messages today. Yeah, like, yeah. How have I don't we not fixed you. this yet? We talked about this so long ago. Yo, when I read the like that. late. <laughs> The late 80s saga of the Swamp Thing talking about the need to adjust climate change. Yeah, I those especially. Like, 40 I'm years ago. I'm going to become the Joker. This was <laughs> 40 years ago. This is my villain origin story right here. 
<laughs> we're not allowed 40 years ago to be like, man, we better do something soon. And With still parents be, for kids. man, we ought to do something mm-hmm. soon. Uh, <sighs> my villain story is unresolved villain origin stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honestly, yes. I think I think the social media and the the little bits of serotonin and community we want is such mm-hmm. an interesting phenomenon because I don't think it's wrong to want to feel included. No. no. I don't think it's wrong to want to find friends that you feel like empathize with you. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some pretty squicky corporations that have <laughs> figured out how to make to artificially make those feelings for you. Yeah. And to, mm-hmm. to get them very fast, to get a number to tell you how well you're liked instead mm-hmm. of an actual conversation. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I have found a lot of joy recently in trying to take a step back from social media and only use it for actual conversations with people, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not perfect. I'll. Shit, today I posted something that I was like, I kind of want to, like, I want to have a little conversation about this, but I also kind of want this to, like, go <laughs> viral a little the bit. Validation. Uh, yeah, like, I want to feel cool and see, like, a lot of interaction. You know what I mean? And it's this two edged sword. Like, I want to have a conversation, but also I want this thing that I know is icky and I know, I know how mm-hmm. to get it. You know, it's, <laughs> yep. it's no good. Mm-hmm. It's no good. But it is good. It's <laughs> it's not good, but it is. But it but is. It's not, but it but it might be. But it might be. Kind yeah. A little bit. If anyone has the answers for us, I'd love that. <laughs> if anyone can say how to have a healthy relationship with social media, that would be neato burrito. And you you know it, it's funny because it was the memes that made me read this book to begin with because I had people pop into my comments one day just posting the picture of the feel-good sloth saying have you worshipped him today <gasps> and I was like what the hell are you on about <laughs> and just, they're like have you worshipped him today Do, does this make you feel good and I'm like what is this and someone had to pop in and say read mimetic and I'm like okay well I have to go see what the hell this is about mm-hmm. and freaking here we are <laughs> four or five months later reading this on a podcast it's just the way that information makes you do things i guess it's and it's it was literally just a picture of a dumb sloth and i had to look closer to see what it was about because i'm like if this is making people like act culty in my mentions i have to i have to know because yeah. people people don't act culty for just everything if it's got a cult around it it's got to be good exactly looks at jesus <laughs> Okay. Um, don't call out my hometown like that. Don't call out myself like that, ladies. <laughs> See, it's not punching down if it's punching myself in the face, folks. <laughs> Coming um, in hot. It's a good thing our family doesn't listen to this podcast. And I mean, I believe in the same cold stuff. So <laughs> who's who's gonna who's gonna throw shade? Um, and have you read Silver Surfer Parable? I have not, but I've seen you talking about it this week. It's very good. I read it for the first time, and it's kind of about this same thing. It's similarly very short. It's two issues long. 
mm-hmm. available on Marvel Unlimited, Stanley and Mobius tell a story about how Galactus, rather than breaking his deal from the original Fantastic Four Galactus saga to not eat Earth through violent means, he decides that he is going to trick humanity into giving themselves up to him. That he's going to show up and be imposing, and through that, people will begin to worship him, and then basically Earth will get turned over, and he's going to get the Earth through subterfuge. Wow. Okay. And just... Yeah, it's really good. I read it and I was like, everybody that Stan Lee's such a like a complicated character, right? So you're like, <laughs> how much of this is you stealing mm-hmm. from people that are smarter than you? And how much of this is also they never really did anything without you that was quite as good as they did with you? And but like Silver Surfer Parable is really good. And Stan didn't have Jack to do that with. He didn't have Ditko to do that with. He did have Mobius to do that with, and Mobius is amazing. But but it's a pretty special story, and it's very tonally similar to this, but in a way that only the 1980s could talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Where the 1980s are like, oh, man, we, we love to have a figure to worship. We love to look at a person that almost represents an idea, and to see that translated into the 21st century, the like the sense of community and information from social media has become our God that we worship and that mm-hmm. we'll do crazy things for. It was just very interesting to read both of them this week. Be like, oh, same idea forever, that people love like that. to have something to latch on to. And it's just kind of changed its face. I love when you read two stories with a similar theme back to back and you're like, Maybe I do live in the Matrix. Maybe oh, is... homie, I 100% live in the mm-hmm. Matrix. <laughs> 100%. I decided to watch Fight Club this last week because my wife had never seen it. And we, she was watching Zodiac. And I was like, you like a lot of David Fincher movies. Have you ever <gasps> seen Fight Club? And she was like, no. I was like, let's watch Fight it. Club. And I watched that like the day before Immortal Hulk 50 came out. And I was like, I didn't even do this on purpose. I was like, but well, here we are, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. hiding it up. It's my favorite thing. It's like when you learn about a new word and then you instantly find it in a book. Yes, that happened yeah. to me last week. I wish I could remember the word. All that, I was just going through N.K. Jemisin's, um The City We Became, and it happens like all the time. And I'm like, stop reading my mind. Get out of my head. Jemison rules. We got to talk about Farsec awesome. soon. Yes, we do. Damn it. I've been reading her short story collection, When is Black Future Month? Mm -hmm. It's very good. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, though. You said also. Oh, no, I was going to say, I guess I'm just thinking about it now. You're talking about how, like, it's become our god. And I'm like, I would really like to see Neil Gaiman make an update American Gods with social media as one of the new gods. Which, by the way, we would love to read on this podcast because we love Neil Gaiman here. (laughs) Put a plug right there for that. Neil Gaiman is talented. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. Neil Gaiman is talented. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Turns out we like the, the British invasion of comics. Oh, no, now we're canceled. God damn. <laughs> no one ever listens to us ever again. No one listens to us. No one's going to know. We, Nobody we listens to us anyway. No Except one knows. Glenn. Just no Glenn. <laughs> Just Glenn. <laughs> See, Glenn's okay. He's Northern Irish, so we're ah, fine. It's fine. We're fine. Mm-hmm. No one will ever know we praise the British. The British. The British. She, I, I think they're doing some of the best comics right now as well. You look at Cy Spurrier, Al Ewing, mm-hmm. Kieran Gillen. 
they're better than Teeny Howard. I'll throw oh that out God. there. <laughs> Say, I'm just like amazed. I don't know. I'm. You're lucky I know names. You're lucky I know names and genders of writers. That's about it. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't care where you're from. Just tell me a pretty story. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? This has been a chaos episode a little bit. I was going to say, we yeah. talked about every book except the one we read today. This... What yes. do you think of the artwork that comes with the body horror? The yeah. art... Mm. It's kind of weird because, like, I wasn't blown away by the artwork here. There were a couple moments where I was. Like, I think the meme was done very, very well. I think the creature at the end was terrifying. The body horror, I'm not sure if I liked it as well as I could. I think it's like a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Maybe. It was good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Could have been better. It's an art style that doesn't like highlight a lot of detail. The The body towers just became like this big color, like, you know, skin tone blob. And... Mm-hmm. It's like I really would have liked to have seen more of the like body horror aspect of it. Cause he's like, we get most of that through the um through Aaron's description. He's like, their skin's doing stuff it's not supposed to. It's like stitching together with other parts, mm-hmm. and like that's what we should have seen in the art. Instead, it just looks like the blob got tall. You know, I still feel like kind of back to what we said last last week. It's kind of still cartoonish. Like it's too cartoonish yeah. to be scary. Which yeah. I don't know like what we're looking for here. <laughs> we'll find it when we find it. <laughs> I think. Well, like, go for it, then. No, you go. I always interrupt you. You go first. (laughs) I think um, art is really scary to me the more realistic it is because you get closer Mm -hmm. to that uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. And I think cartoonish kind of makes you feel not out of place. It it makes you understand you're like, I'm reading a comic right now. I'm reading a cartoon right now. But the closer you get to reality, the more unsettling it is, the more details you see, the more you're like, that's something here isn't right. Because the closer it is to reality, you want it to match reality. And when it doesn't, that's what creates that cognitive dissonance. And you're like, absolutely not. Thank you. I'm leaving right now. That's when horror art really works for me and really gets under my skin. But Dallas, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I think my point plays off that well. What do you think of Junji Ito's work then? Because I I think he has pretty clean simple lines that mm-hmm. are like a cartooning style but i think they're very effective it's, i think it's definitely you know in that like the very um eastern style it's mm-hmm. definitely you know like a manga but it's when you look at the pages that are meant to scare you they're very detailed they're very um that is true shadowy they're very um <laughs> i don't want to say sketchy but like he puts lines in everything mm-hmm. it's because he elevates that card and you like just simply on the pages before like a jump scare it's stylized cartoony but on the moments that it's supposed to stand out he adds more and that's what makes it stick out even more than it already does like from its page turn there's detail there that makes you uncomfy it's more realistic in that way it it diverts from that style if that makes sense sorry if that just came off as like rambling (laughs) No, I, I no, think you really sense. hit it on the head. Have you read Understanding Comics? No, I have not. By McLeod? Ooh, you would like it. There's there's a concept he talks about in that 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 reminded me of, where he says the simpler the the people, the more we can imprint on them. 
it's why humans love like a smiley face because it's mm-hmm. the most basic way to show human a human. And so Junji Ito, by making his characters pretty simple, the world's pretty simple, he really lets you imprint on the characters. Mm-hmm. But then by making his the otherworldly eldritch elements very detailed, it it makes it more tangible and real. Like we're not filling in any gaps. We're we're seeing exactly what's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And that juxtaposition, you're right, does heighten the terror. And so I yeah, you you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Woo, I like being right. <laughs> I like it. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. It's so good. It's the it's the IRL <laughs> serotonin. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. this this is a book about the end of the world. And having mm-hmm. just lived through the end of the world, what do you two think about apocalypse as horror? Well, having watched so much of the freaking walking dead during mm-hmm. quarantine with my lovely significant other. Um, I can tell you like the thought of another person trying to eat me is very, very frightening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as like zombies, how we kind of touched on them a little earlier. Mm-hmm. They scare the shit out of me. Like if something was running at me and wanted to eat me. Yeah. Okay. I'd shit my pants apocalypse. Yeah. It's real. And it scares mm-hmm. me. Like I'm not a fan of that thought process because I really watching that like scared me for quite a while until we got like into the farther seasons of it and so it just kind of once again with like the body horror like seeing the scary looking monsters and like what happens with Mm -hmm. the apocalypse of like everything falling apart it's it's a scary thought and I would not I hope that I would die first so I'm gonna say (laughs) say um yeah I Apocalypse horror is one of those themes in the genre that's just always evergreen. You know, Mm -hmm. like we've always been afraid of the end period Mm -hmm. because it's something, one, that's usually beyond our control. Two, there's this morbidness about like, you know, like whenever we contemplate like death, we always like think like, well, at least if I go, the people I love are still there. There's still a Mm -hmm. world left. And there's the this awful idea of like, what if we die, but there's nothing left after that? Mm-hmm. And it's just the idea no one's left to remember you. No one's left to carry on your legacy. No one's left to even remember that you existed. And it's just literally the face of us versus existential dread. And I think it fits that way. I also think it's why it's one of the most uncomfortable aspects of the genre. And it's one of the things I actually tend to avoid apocalyptic stories usually, especially post-apocalyptic, because that's like a depressive world I don't want to live in. It's like I'm here to escape. I don't <laughs> need to see the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's like I I hate all the what if stories where Ultron wins. Hmm. It's like I do not oh. care if he wins. Good for him. I'm I'm not I'm not dealing with it. I'm pulling a <laughs> Hawkeye in the what if episode. I'm just killing myself. Yep. No spoilers for Dallas. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. I could have watched it. Watch it. Even the ones I told you to. He, I, I told you. I to haven't done it yet. Text oh them gosh. to me. Okay. Text, text, text them to me. Okay. Just watch all of them. Damn it. <laughs> I don't have time. I'm watching Arrested Development and The Sopranos. Oh, fancy watching The Sopranos. The Cabagool. <laughs> and uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay, that's big brain. That's big brain. It's I, very good. I can't it's be making that. 
We should read that one day. I got the collections over on my shelf. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How about Battle Angel Alita? I got those too. I actually am very interested in reading those. I am also interested in reading Evangelion. I'm just giving you shit. Okay, good. I see. You know how I'm like I'm starting to catch on, and I just keep going anyway because I'm like he'll he'll give me just he'll come. Yeah, it'll be okay. I could get both out of this. Uh, okay, but yeah, apocalypse, scary, not fun. What what say you, Dallas? I think that hmm, my favorite genre of horror is a slasher, right? Mm-hmm. I love Scream. I love the original uh, Halloween. I love Alien because there's nothing scarier than like home and society being tilted to be scary Mm -hmm. there's nothing scarier than like your safe spot not being there anymore and i think apocalypse horror is that taken to the 10th degree right it's that at some point society as a whole is a safe space for you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and apocalypse horror says we're going to take that away from you we're going to make that scary and so i think it can be really evocative I don't know many people that interacting with apocalypse horror wouldn't affect them very much mm-hmm. because we don't want to think about that. We don't want to think about how the world gets spoopy, you know? Also, and thank you for giving me the word spoopy this season. My wife thinks that <gasps> yeah. I've had a stroke. <laughs> Have you never heard it. that word? I always just said <laughs> spooky. Boomer. You boomer. Yeah. Get off the internet. Gosh, how old are you? God. Your same damn age, dingus. <laughs> no, I'm a child. I still care. I'm not even 21 yet. A child. A child. <laughs> Good old class of 2015, Dallas Taylor. Oh my God, am I the oldest person here? How old are you, Grandma? I'm 26. Oh my gosh. Okay, one year. Disgusting. No, she's two years older than me. I'm 24. I don't know how to do it. Wait, when's your birthday? <laughs> Give me some hope. Oh my god, you're not even turning 25 this year. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm baby. I'm, I'm baby. I am the babyest. You're a fetus. I am a fetus. <laughs> I, t- I can buy a. I can buy alcohol soon. I went bought vodka I the other day. For, for pasta. Our, yeah, for pasta. <laughs> Big old bottle of booze. And I said, ding. That's for vodka sauce. Thank you. We'll use half a cup of this and never again. (laughs) It was very good pasta. I know. I made some the other day. And it's like becoming older on screen as this is happening. (laughs) I'm just thinking, I would like some pasta. (laughs) It was so good. It's so good. Gigi Hadid's vodka pasta. Kiss. My wife's vodka pasta. Kiss. Well, that's like how it got popular. Quote unquote. Gigi Hadid made it one time. And the Italians have made it for ages. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Who cares about them? Wait, Italians are real? No, they're not. They I thought they, they're a metaphor for being them? gay. Didn't you see, Luca? <laughs> I thought they were invented by Nintendo. <laughs> Mario. It's a me, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Uh, first, first the French, now black. the Italians. I'm just going on my tour, my, my tour Chris. of Europe, offending everyone. 
Uh, all right. So everybody, give us your final thoughts on Mimetic, and then I want to talk about the Batman trailer, yes. maybe what spooky <clears throat> stuff other than this we've all interacted with, and then a question, and then me and Anne will do the, t- the 10 countdown. All right? I'm giving okay. us an itinerary so we can get back on track. So Alexis, <laughs> final thoughts about Mimetic. I really liked it. I feel like it was really easy for me to read. I was kind of, I really liked the story. I was engaged with it. I feel like it planted the idea of the possibility of how freaky social media is and how much we like to ignore that it's freaky as shit. And I fully believe that something like this could happen. And I believe that there's aliens that rule our planet and are coming to kill us, just like in the end of this. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Oh, if they could hurry up, that would be so nice. Get on with it. I'm if I'm gonna pay off my last student loan, and the aliens are just gonna descend and be like, "Are oh, you fucking kidding me?" Really? <laughs> Anyways, um, my final thoughts on Mimetic. It's crazy that this gave us so much to talk about. We never even touched on like the characters really, and the characters in the story are so good, so relatable. Mm-hmm. I loved Aaron as a character. I loved his relationships around him. It was heartbreaking seeing all those fall apart. It was heartbreaking seeing his story. And the way the creepy people were acting during the middle of all this gave me big Dead Space vibes with the way, like, unitologists would act. And just, like, I love Dead Space. And <laughs> it's it's crazy seeing how people face the end of the world and the different ways they handle it. Dallas, you're muted. My, I know. My wife was making pasta sauce. <laughs> <laughs> making loud. it right now? She make it more. It's very good. Hell. I'm a spoiled man. Um, I really liked Mimetic as well. And you're right. We didn't talk about the characters. And I think having such a compelling POV character made it scarier, mm-hmm. right? Because I wanted him to be safe. I wanted things to turn out well for him. I think sometimes in horror, if you don't have anyone to latch on to, you just kind of want to see things go as spooky as they can go. Like, you're like... Yeah, there are some slash movies that I watch where I'm like, fuck them kids. Get them, Jason. <laughs> you know? And, like, those aren't as scary as, oh, no, you can't kill Freaky Friday. Stay away from her, Michael Myers. <laughs> you can't kill Freaky Friday. She is never going to die. I'm convinced. Her actress I, is going to live forever. I'm fine with that. She's been yeah, Halloween was... for 40 years. Her mom was great in Psycho. She was great in Halloween. She was even better in Freaky Friday. And she was even best in Knives Out. So, Knives out. Oh, my God. Can we have a Knives Out movie night, please? Yes. This is so fun. I love Knives Out. I love that show. When the second one comes out, we'll all watch it together. Yes, please. Okay. So, Mimetic, very good. I think people should, <laughs> should read it. Especially because a lot it's of you quick. found out about us through Twitter. And so if you want to be spooked by social media, go ahead and give Mimetic a read mm-hmm. and then ask yourself, huh, why is James Tinian not on social media anymore? I don't know. He seems to be so keen on the idea. <laughs> it's like um, Stephen King wrote this book called Cell, which was basically about how cell phones could be used to do like the same exact thing. And at the end of the book, it mentions Steven Spielberg, st- uh, not Spielberg, I'm um, mm-hmm. King. Steven Spielberg. Stephen King, to this day, does not own a cell phone. And that was the funniest part of the whole book. That's actually really similar. Uh, Steven Spielberg made this movie called Jurassic Park about how dinosaurs can be really scary. And at the end of that movie, it says, 
Steven Spielberg does not own a dinosaur to this day. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> All right. And you. Good, please. Get rid of him. With dinosaurs, I'm putting a goose in your house. They are so scary. Yeah, yeah. Everything that the dinosaurs used to be, that's what the geese are now. Yeah, geese. Can you imagine a 40-foot geese? Oh, my God. 65, <laughs> 65 million years of hatred in one tiny frame. There was this goose. Me and my friends built a rope swing one summer out at the lake by our house. And there was this goose that decided to lay its eggs and build its nest underneath the log that we had to walk across to get to the rope mm-hmm. swing. And so it literally was like St. George versus the dragon every day <laughs> trying to go Probably to that because rope AJ swing. stole one of its children. That came later. It still happened. Yeah. And so, then the, but you're the saying duck... goose had reason to be upset. She it was had upset before. Suspicious. And then we had beef with this stupid bitch goose. And we were like, we're going <laughs> to gosling nap your geese, you dumb hoe. And so then she was, we spooked her out. And then we took home one of the very cute little goslings. And then we were like, this is wrong. We just stole an animal's baby. And we went and we gave it back. And we that had... whole crap about birds not liking the babies, it's true. It's true. She would not take it back. <laughs> Anne's going to quit right here because of your <sighs> monstrous behavior. I'm going to edit all this out. I can't be seen in this in this. <laughs> we had it for light. like several days. We did. It was cute. His name was Walter. We named Walter him. The, Walter the Goose. I'm not Here's... asking what happened to it. Just move on. <laughs> Actually, our neighbor like took Wait. it to a little farm and was Aww. like, "Here you go." <laughs> yeah, it had a ha- it had a happy life. Oh, it had a happy okay, ending. Wait, was it a real farm or was this like farm upstate farm? No, no, real... it was a real farm. Real farm. Okay, good. She was the type of neighbor that made sure it was a real farm, <laughs> not like our parents. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> farm life. Growing up, hillbillies, love it. Yeah, the Beverly Hillbillies. We were fake hillbillies. All right, so we were fake. Anyway, Batman trailer dropped. What did we yes. think? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I was literally gonna text because I saw I saw like a snippet of it on TikTok. Speaking of social media, um, and I was literally going to text you last night at like 11 o'clock my time, and I was like, oh, it's definitely one o'clock in the morning where he lives, so I won't. But I was gonna be like, am I allowed to like this? Can I be excited about this movie? Because I know that you hate um, Spider Superman movies. I mean, superhero movies. So I like I'm them when they're good. Shots fired. I like them when they're good. Yeah. I would. I would hope you don't like them when they're bad. That would be. That would make you me. I also like them when they're bad. I don't like them when they're medium. When they're medium. Medium well. Either rare or well done. That's the what only. Is a, what, exactly. is, what is a medium superhero movie? Uh, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Moving on. <gasps> Damn. I watch every single one when it comes out. Yeah. Okay. I can talk a lot of shit. I still give it my money. That's true. I'm very excited for Eternals. <laughs> they keep baiting me, basically. I keep being like, this is going to be fun and subversive. And then every time, it's not. Except for when it is. <laughs> when was it? Uh, I really like Thor Ragnarok. Good. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's Same. a really, really, really fun movie. The second one didn't do it for me as much. Nope. I know a lot of people really like the second one. I, I agree don't. that it's more colorful and therefore 
fun. But I don't think it had the same magic that the first one did. And I think the Ant-Man movies are actually very fun. Ooh. Yeah, I know that's like a, that's that. a little bit of a spicy one, but no, I like it. Vibe with it. I, I, like, I don't. I just I like that it has a more unique sense of humor to it. I like that it's a heist film, and I think Paul Rudd is the most charming protagonist after Robert Downey Jr. I also think the original mm-hmm. Iron Man movie is really fun, but that's kind of a given. You know, I think the practical effects are great. I think John Favreau does a really phenomenal job using practical effects in modern television. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why The Mandalorian is so popular. I think that's why Mm -hmm. the first Iron Man is so popular. And people don't give him enough credit for the practicality of his movies. Beautiful. What were we talking about? Batman. Oh, okay. So. And hates Batman. Let us know what you think of the trailer. Because everyone thinks I hate Batman. I don't hate Batman. I love Batman. You just disappeared into Batman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Dallas is good. He became that Batman. I am Batman. vengeance. And just leaned oh back gosh. until he was consumed by the literal Batman. Oh my gosh. He's had Batman ears this whole recording because he made Batman his background and made the ears right above his head. Yeah, and I've had soulless sloth eyes the whole time. <laughs> also, so. what is the purpose of Batman's ears? None. There's no purpose for that. To make him look like a bat. Otherwise, nope. he'd just be man. Do you think? <laughs> No. Duh. How often do you think those things snap off? Be honest. They probably fall off all the time. Ha duh. It's called Batman. No. He couldn't just be like. They probably do snap off, but I'm still for making them as long as physically possible. Give us. Yeah, exactly. Give us like three foot long bat ears again. I don't want him to clear any doorway ever again. Give us that sweet, sweet Tim Sale Batman. If he isn't, like, pulling a stormtrooper in every doorway he goes through and just clunk <laughs> every single time, it's it's not Batman. Good pull. But, Good pull. Good job. <laughs> thank you. I love that they added the sound effect for the new additions. Anyways, um, I really love this trailer. I loved the scene especially I loved. It's just him walking down the dark hallway, and you only see him when the guns are firing and flashing lights. And they shoot him full on in the chest, and he does not give a shit he keeps coming because he he's the full fucking michael myers it was yeah. insane i was like it was beautiful oh it was so good this the shots in this are so good i've been a fan of matt reeves for so long his planet of the apes movies are just phenomenal they slap, they slap so hard yeah and just andy circus getting to work with him again is very exciting and gosh i'm very excited for zoe kravitz's um Catwoman. She is she is the main reason I'm seeing this. Other than, you know, the fact that Robert Pattinson is a tragically underrated actor because everyone's like, oh, he's just the Twilight guy. I'm like, no, you're insane. Go watch so the thanks, for your, thanks for your worthless opinion. Go watch the <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad thing. Or Tenet. Bad or movie, Tenet. but good actor. I still haven't seen it. Is it worth watching? No. Don't don't it's, pay money for it. It depends on your feelings of Christopher Nolan. It had really good potential. Mm-hmm. It was a good idea. It just got really, really messy towards the end. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they were like, COVID happened. <laughs> Here's a bad movie. Oh, so. so you want my controversial Christopher Nolan take? Yes, please. I, <laughs> I still think Memento is his best movie. I don't think he's made anything since that's lived up to it. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's made that many good movies. Nope. Oh, bad. that's a more controversial take. 
Yeah. I did not like Interstellar. Don't tell anyone. Oh, see, that's the only one I like. <gasps> oh, oh so my God. Alice's feelings. <laughs> no, that's that's the only one that I feel like has a compelling character and an emotional core. I feel, oh, like, the rest, I feel like the rest are just about ideas. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't speak to me. I don't mm-hmm. get mad at anyone that it does speak to. I just like, <laughs> okay. Honestly, I'm just a film nerd. I'm just... Uh, uh, we studied Memento in my screenwriting class and I just, I'm in love with that script and the way that was executed. So I think that's why that's so high up in my own like rankings. So I think you could probably like Tenet quite a bit then because (laughs) it's a tour de force of how to make a movie and visual storytelling and Mm -hmm. visual callbacks. And just like, he is very clearly an incredibly talented director. Mm -hmm. I think, I do think compared to some of his other work, the script is a little half-baked. I mean, the protagonist doesn't have a name. His name is really his name is the protagonist. Christ. (laughs) And so like, and also the sound mixing that he was such a little asshole about wanting to do himself (laughs) sucks. So bad. Yeah. You should just watch it. Just, just watch it. Okay. I'll I'll see this on. Just watch it. If it's on HBO, I'll catch it. Probably. I don't know. Did you hear about his contract <laughs> for his next movie? Yeah, he's a fucking narcissist. It's he insane. Is. Did you hear about it, Alexis? No, no, I did not. Basically, he wants an obscene amount of money, but then more than that, the company isn't allowed to release any other movies within that month that might compete with his movie. <laughs> his movie gets to be the only movie released that month from whatever company signs this obscene contract. Yeah, and isn't there, like, this insane um, theater window they have to abide, where they have to keep it in theaters for, like, an absurd amount of time like on so many screens? Something. Yeah, on, like, a lot of screens. And I'm like, there's Please. no way. No way. Yeah. For what movie? Just his next. It's it's not... He doesn't have one. It, yeah, saying, my next one. I think he's just so salty about the way that Tenet went down with the pandemic and everything, and he's just not over it. And he's like, "I am Christopher Nolan. I can do what I want." And I made I just, the Dark Knight. I'm over it. <laughs> I think this is the most excited I've been about a Batman movie since the Dark Knight came out. Mm-hmm. I don't. Re- going back to the Dark Knight, I don't like them as much as I did when I was a 14 year old mm-hmm. boy. You know. I still have a fondness in my heart. I still think mm-hmm. they're good movies. But yeah. I, I'm glad this walked out of the shadow of The Dark Knight a little bit right. to be something different. I've always said they're like, they're great movies. I don't think they're great Batman movies. But yeah, it's just a crime movie. <laughs> he just made a this, crime movie with ears. Yeah, this one feels ears. much more like a Batman movie. <laughs> the rumor that it's all going to be narrated like the trailer was by Robert Pattinson, like reading his noir detective journal... Boy, howdy, if I hope that is the case. That sounds so cool. That does Just sound like cool. I didn't know that. Comic book narration. I love it. I hope he just drags on a cig and then, like, turns somebody's face into raspberry jelly. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's my Batman. That's my Batman, <laughs> baby. I hope him and Catwoman do cuddlingus on the roof. He drags a cig and then goes and destroys <laughs> some bad guys. That's what I want out of my Batman. I don't know if I'm the target audience. <laughs> I, I, yeah. But good trailer. Had fun. Very Would watch good again. Trailer. Yes, I've watched it like 10 times. I am very excited about it. 
definitely the superhero project I thought I was the least interested in, but now am the most interested in. Say, that's funny. Actually, from fandom, I think the one I'm most interested in now is Black Adam, just because I'm in love with the scene where he literally shocks the flesh off a dude's bones. It was pretty dope. I'm also really interested in The Rock not playing The Rock. Yeah. I would love to see if he actually has range. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, you you said. I'm still half expecting, like, he shocks the flesh off this dude's bones, pulls down the cape, and then he's he goes full, like, Maui. And he's just like... You're welcome. (laughs) What more can I say except I'm going to kill these fucking cripple kids? You know what I want to see? I want to see him and the, um, the Shazam family team up. And they, I want their their enemy to be Vin Diesel, so he has to, for once, destroy the family. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Vin Diesel, my boy. I love that goof. What a silly goofer. Gooferino. All right. We do a question from none other than your boy, Magnificent Glenn. Mm-hmm. who we love thank you glenn hello my friends i have not read mimetic me neither glenn but it's been <laughs> on my back burner a good while because i love tynan i was going to ask what the best internet meme was but we all know it's Anne pointing at the door correct that yes. was a funny day that was a funny instead day. i would love to hear initial impressions of spider-man beyond while it's not knocking my socks off, I'm loving it after years of drudgery. All right, Alexis, what are your opinions of last week's issue of Amazing Spider-Man that was released? You know, I think it was absolutely fantastic. I am so in love with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. makes me want to mm-hmm. jump for joy right off a cliff. So, that's all I have to say. Spider-Man <laughs> wouldn't be able to web to anything if he did that, so that's nope. okay. Sometimes I like to think, actually living here, sometimes I like to think, how would Spider-Man get around this specific neighborhood? <laughs> like, he Thank goes you. south of 14th Street, he's fucked. I don't know what he's doing. All those buildings are, like, five stories high. It's like the he's scene like from running home. along the street. It's the scene from Homecoming where he just shoots it up in the park and it just sails forever and lands on nothing. He's like, oh, oh no. 100%. 100%. I'm like, you are very much a midtown hero, Spider-Man. <laughs> Could you imagine Spider-Man? What are you just... thinking of Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, um, I I loved it. I loved the first two issues. I think this is a really interesting place. I, you know, it's the first time I've read Spider-Man in so long. And I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm really interested to learn more about Ben as a character, especially after Glenn gave me such a good little, a little cheat sheet to study from and get caught up. And just, it's it's fun. And I'm I'm very personally I'm very excited to see I'm um, calling um Wing and um Misty Knight. Very excited to see what they're gonna be doing, and I can't wait for Beyond to take that villainous turn that we all know it's going to, because yeah they got to be up to something nefarious, right? Yep. Don't trust a corporation ever, folks. Um, I agree. This is the first time Spider-Man's had something to do outside of his Spider-Man mask in, like, four years. So, thank you, Zeb Wells and Kelly Thompson, <laughs> Patrick Gleason, and Saladin Ahmed. You're all wonderful people. 
I thought you just said, thank you, Zeb Wells, Kelly Thompson, and others. And others? <laughs> no, I remembered everybody. Proud Forget of you. about it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've been excited to read Spider-Man in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I said last week, if you liked the last run, I'm jealous of you. I'm excited to be excited again. Very curious what's going on with Peter right now. Cause did he just slip into like a coma at the end of that issue? Yeah, he got written right out of that story. <laughs> it's making me he, think about uh, the other. Slipped... Do you think he's going to cocoon himself again? <laughs> uh, I really hope they just do like some sort of soap opera shenanigans and just leave him like <gasps> for 19 straight <laughs> issues. And then he comes out of it. That like, would be I... beautiful. Spider-Man is my favorite ongoing super superhero soap opera. I feel like it's one of the only ones that's still allowed to be a soap opera. I want the X-Men to be more soapy again. I don't know. Bring I got it from my soap. dad. I love soap operas. Bring back the soap, baby. Alexa's shaking her head. You know our dad loves soap operas. He does. Our dad I just have is never a soap heard opera. that sentence. And he, yeah, he really does. He's a definite. He does. He watched soaps. all of Dallas. He, he watched all of Dallas. Yeah. He loves Again. drama. Yep. Yeah. I can't look down on him. I read comic books. It's the same thing. <laughs> if this is the oh. first time someone's breaking it to you, comic books are soap operas, and you yeah. just have to wrestle mm-hmm. with that, dear listener. <laughs> Go oh, up to your abuela gosh. and apologize, because you too like soaps. <laughs> and you know what the, the funny thing is? Comics don't scare me. Soap operas do. I'm like, <laughs> I can deal with the, I can deal with a thousand crises. I can't deal with what's happening on the young and the restless. I'm not dealing with it. I can't get into that lore right now. Well, Anne, you are one of those things. You are restless. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Bye, Grandma. Oh. Don't run it so off. All right, we have taken Anne to a home. (laughs) We have taken Anne to a home. We're going to check her in. They're very nice. They have Captain Marvel comics. (laughs) Okay, wait, Uh no, wait, hold up. This doesn't sound like (laughs) a bad idea. Three square meals a day. Fuck, yeah. Okay, no, you know what? Yeah, give me my walker. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to check it too. Are the nurses hot? Oh, oh boy. Yeah. All right. Fired. Fired from the podcast. All right, Alexis, you can dip if you want. We're going to do the 10 comics now. Oh, fine. You can get rid of me if you want. Just I kidding. mean, we don't want to, but like. Yeah, no, I definitely have no thoughts about this <laughs> next part. So, okay. <laughs> no well, have fun, everyone. Read this book. Always. It was really nice and short. And so it'll be good. Everyone read it. Toodaloo. It is very good. Bye. It is very good. <laughs> okay. Bye. Hey, Alex, make sure that you read Alan Moore before Sunday morning. You won't get it done unless you start soon. The next book <laughs> from it. hell. Okay. I was planning on it. Gosh. And pull up, pull up the Cliff's Notes too. The Cliff's Notes. Oh, I quit. Okay. <laughs> so excited that every time I pick a book, you guys hate it. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I giving actually, you a hard time. It's my favorite bit. Thank you. I was actually reading other comics this week. That's why I procrastinated this one again, mm-hmm. is because I was reading um, the other Lock and Keys and then starting Fatal. So 
everyone Proud can of you? leave me alone. <laughs> Dallas can leave me alone. Okay. Uh, but I will see you all next week. And maybe ya. I won't read it. Maybe I will. <laughs> Can't wait okay. to find out. Yeah, Bye. maybe. I oh, I'm find get... out next week on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> this okay. podcast is a soap opera. True. It's true. I am constantly bullied. Okay. Uh, perfect, Alexi. with your comics that you guys like to read in your free time without having someone boss you around. Childish. <laughs> All right, time for the real okay. podcast. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Dallas and Ann show. Oh, we get a theme. Yes. Fantastic. We're about to recommend you 10 weekly books to read, mm-hmm. folks. That sweet, sweet list of crap you got to do. <laughs> number one. Oh. X-Men, Wait. The Trial of Magneto, okay. number three. Thank God. Because I'm like, if you take mine, I'm going to cut you. X-Men, Trial of Magneto, <laughs> number three. This and Inferno are the X-Men books I've been waiting for for like six months. <laughs> Don't fall off the wagon. If you've been like, ugh, Krakoa's kind of dragging, you write. This is where it picks up again. Read this crap. It's so good. Magneto is on trial. And your pick. My pick is Nubia and the Amazons number one. And this is great because the show goes up after this is already released. So I can tell you, I fucking love this comic. And I cannot wait for any of you to read it. It's just, I need like everyone to read it and then start texting me. Because like, I have so many thoughts. And this story makes a really interesting... um revamp on Nubia's origin that leaves a lot of doors open that has made my mind go a flurry with thoughts and ways this could go and yeah I'm I'm very excited all right all right I'll go and make sure I'm getting a copy right now <laughs> all right the next one from me is sword number nine the British are writing comics Al Ewing is one of the best talents in comic books right now, and S.W.O.R.D. is his baby. If you're sad that Guardians of the Galaxy got canceled, it didn't get canceled. It came to its natural end. That's how stories work sometimes. And S.W.O.R.D. is where it picks up. So, read S.W.O.R.D. Nice. My second pick, I'm going to go with Black Manta number two. The first issue kind of left me eh, but the second one definitely picks up. And if you're hoping the story is going to, you know go somewhere really interesting. I think this story sets it up to do that. And I now have two Aqua books that I'm currently loving. So I am so glad we live in good times finally. And yeah, pick that one up. There's a nice fishy smell on the breeze. Aquaman must be coming back to DC. I'll take a breath, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had a foul joke in my mind. Oh, God All right. damn um, it. Superman. <laughs> Son of Kal-El, number four. I promise I read DC books sometimes. I'm a sucker for a good old-fashioned legacy hero. And I think John Kent is a very fun legacy hero. And he's the big gay now, so book is good. Give it a read. Book good. (laughs) Thank you very, very much for that very, very insightful (laughs) content. I'm going to go ahead for my third book. I'm going to say Star Wars The High Republic. I'm still really enjoying the series. The High Republic stuff's very fun. I think everyone who likes Star Wars should give it a shot. It's definitely, definitely worth your time. It also has a space blonde. It also has a space blonde, but that only has everything to do with it. So, like, 
It's good. You know? it's, <laughs> it's good. good. <laughs> All right. Ice Cream Man number 26. Your favorite horror anthologies coming out this month, ladies and gentlemen, and those that are not either of those. We love all of you, and we want you to read The Ice Cream Man number 26. It's very spoopy. <laughs> oh, God. I will eventually catch up in Ice Cream Man. I promise. I'll get there. I think um, I'll probably make you read the first 12 for this show eventually, because it's really quite good. I've read the first six, so I'm halfway there. Perfect. Um, my fourth book is actually not a comic. It's a trade. Um, Far Sector, the paperback trade, comes out this week. So I know how many people are like, oh, I'm going to wait until a trade comes out to get this. I know. I've been keeping tabs on y'all. And this is the moment. This is the moment where you, you know, <laughs> you follow through. And I need you to follow through because this book was incredible. And I need to talk about more. I need to talk about it with more people. So go check out Far Sector. Jemison is a genius. Fucking I... love her. She's the only person to ever win the Hugo three years in a row for her writing. Mm-hmm. Only person to do it. She's a pretty reason. good at it. It's kind of funny how N.K. Jemison and Jean Luen Yang are actual geniuses, and nobody reads their books. It's punk holes. The fucking fight people. I'm going to start. For every Brett Booth book you pick up that is, and not Jean Luen Yang book you pick up, I will punch someone <laughs> in the arm. I don't know why uh, Brett Booth. I think he's a fine person. It was just the first name that came to my mind. All right, my last pick, Thor number eighteen. I cannot tell you why I like this book, but I do. I just keep reading it and keep enjoying it, even though it it doesn't really have the stuff I've liked from the other Thor books. It's just undeniably fun. So, come read this rock and roll <laughs> version of Thor. No girls There's... allowed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. That's just, how, that's just how Donnie Cates writes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that's to do it just... to you. Anyways, my <laughs> final pick is going to be Phoenix Song Echo because, you know, um, Echo is a strange choice for Phoenix, but we're going to be rolling with it here. And I'm always happy to see more Echo. And also, I believe the writer is um, an indigenous person. So, Please go support them and support the people actually seeing the representation behind the page as well. So please go check out this book. I agree with that sentiment 100%. Those have been your 10 books of the week, folks. Ooh. Ooh. I I want to issue some sort of incentive to get people to read Far Sector because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, You know what? I'll say it. If we can get 20 pictures of people with the trade of Far Sector mm-hmm. on Twitter, I will forego my next pick of Saga for another month, and we'll read Far Sector next month for the show. Ooh, I can't believe it. You've given up Saga? That's incredible. It's not like it's going anywhere. <laughs> See, we got, until, we got until January. We got until so... January, baby. Baby. Um, yeah, so if you all post pictures of you holding the trade of Far Sector, and don't just cheat and take a picture and not buy it. That's lame. If you show us a picture that you picked up Far Sector, the trade paperback, we'll mm-hmm. cover it next month. Exactly. Promise. Promise. Pinky swear. <laughs> we will take away Alexis's pick. All right, anyway. <laughs> 
that's what happens when she's not here. This is why she needs to stay until the end of the show. Exactly. All right. Do we want to wrap up? Yes, I would. Anne? I would be happy to. If you like the show and want to hear more from us through the week, please go follow our Twitter accounts. Um, follow the main account over at CMX Collective, or you can follow each of us individually at at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review, and we will read it off on the show. We don't have any right this moment, but if you send them in, it's a great way to recommend series for us to cover on the show. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. See you next week for our episode on From Hell. I got to get big brain. I got to eat like I got to what's big brain food like oils or something like I need to eat fish. What <laughs> what makes eat, my brain work? <laughs> eat oatmeal and fish. Oh, sounds like someone, a horrible yeah. breakfast. That sounds like a very <laughs> British breakfast. It's especially together. Yeah, that sounds yeah. very British. <laughs> I still have a picture of beans on toast on my phone for some reason. Oh and I know someone's responsible. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye to everyone but the British. See you next week. Bye.